Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. But it's just a cool video showing who we are as a movement. And the cool thing is that this morning it's not just C3 Noosa meeting, but there's over 100,000 people meeting all around the globe right now under the banner of C3 Church, which is under the banner of Jesus Christ, glorifying God, doing exactly what we've done. Uh, worshipping, praying, praising, giving, meeting together in community, growing together and strengthening each other. And I love what the Bible says, it says, iron sharpens iron. Uh, and it, it says that the way of the righteous winds upwards, that we sharpen each other. We're better together. Doing life together is fun. Doing life together is sustainable because when I'm going through something, you, you hold me up. You sustain me. When you're going through something, I jump out and I come and help you and I sustain you. Life's better together. Life's better in tribe. And, and I love it because it says that's who we are. That's what we do. We serve. We sacrifice. We commit. We get passionate. But in that place, I love what Pastor Chris, she said, the wind blows. And I, it's, it's a crazy thing, but I've found that the more I serve, the more passionate I get about somebody else's dream or God's purpose for my life. You weren't put on this planet just to exist for 60, 70, 80 years, buy the house, get the dog, build the picket fence, get the Ferrari. You weren't put on this planet just for what you can get. You were put on this planet to produce fruit that remains, fruit that multiplies. Your, your, your life is not about yourself. Your life is about others and every other person that you can impact for Christ. Amen. So uh, that's just talking about distinctives of C3, the culture of C3. And, and I know in the first week I spoke about faith, but I'm going to speak about faith again today because I spoke about faith generally or holistically. But today I want to speak specifically about faith that speaks, faith that declares and what that will do for our lives. Before I get to that, we have the distinct pleasure of having Paul and Jane Grover with us this morning. They are part of our C3 tribe. I think I've known you for like 24 years or something since like 93 when I came to C3. You guys, these guys personify that video. The fun, the committed, the sacrificing, the servicing, the, the turning up, the being there. We wanted to ask them this morning how they've found their journey. It's like 30 years in C3. So can we welcome these guys this morning? Paul Grover. So behind every great chef and mother and naked cooker is the man in her life. And I've got to tell you, you've got to be careful. I might have a level of dyslexia. And I, it says naked food, but I thought it said naked cooking. And bacon and eggs, when you're, not con, when you're a little confused, is not good. But anyway, just be careful. When you read the title of the book, make sure you know what it says first. Paul and Jane Grover. Good morning. Is this on? <coughs> so um, this morning, just talking about what C3 means for us. And well, I guess you'd have to say... Um, what does, if you talk about what C3 or what church means to you, it's really what does God mean to you, you know, because you can't separate, you can't separate church and, and God. You know, you, if you think you love God and, you, and you're not going to turn up at church, well, how does that work? You know, the people of God represent God. You know, he, Jesus identified, yeah. he, he said, if you, as much as you've done to the least of my brethren, you've done it unto me. It's like, the people that you meet in church, they're representing Christ. Therefore, how can you say you don't love you don't love people if you love God? It just doesn't work that way. True. So so for myself, 
Um, I got saved at C3 Brookvale in 1986, 20th of April 1986. Wow. It's a long time ago, isn't it? And um, <laughs> um, so I'm still attending. So that's, that's a testimony yeah. of itself, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <coughs> if, you didn't, if you didn't love something, you wouldn't hang around that long, would you? I mean, people, lots of people I know who started with me aren't there today. Why? Because they just lost love for something in the house of God or lost love for God effectively. So um, I had pretty low expectations when I was like 18 of life in general. I, my parents had got divorced and I had looked at life and thought life was really barren and empty. But then I actually met a person in Noosa, would you believe of all places, <laughs> on, a, on a uni holiday and this person, the guy that I was traveling with knew this girl from Macquarie Uni and we got to chat on the, on the beach at Main Beach at Noosa and she was a Catholic, she was going through a revival in her life because, because her brother knew a guy at C3 Brookvale who had got healed of leukemia. So that, that spoke to that family about that God was real and that God could heal and that something was amazing was happening. Even though they were Catholics, something w- was there that they needed. So they, she was telling me all about it and I was like, yeah, who cares? <laughs> but um, actually, even though I was unsaved and I, I have, didn't come from a church family, there was something in me that wanted to n- find something. I was empty and I knew that there, well, I didn't know, I'm starting to cry now. <laughs> I didn't know if there was something worthwhile, but I was hoping that there was something worthwhile there in life. So he, she told me, look, you need to know Jesus. And I didn't really want to know about Jesus. I wanted to know her because I wanted to. (laughs) So anyway, um, over the next year, she just really just loved me and came around to Easter time, 1986. And I said, they were talking about Easter. And I was like, I don't believe in Easter. I don't believe in Jesus. She said, look, why don't you just go home and say to Jesus, say to God, my life is crap. But if you're there, help me. Anyway, I just said, but why would I do that? I don't believe in God. I'm not going to call out to God. I don't believe him. So anyway, I got home. Oh, no, it wasn't that day. The next day. Couldn't do it that day. <laughs> um, I was lying in my bed and I just did it. I just called out, God, if you're there, do something. Do something for me. I was waiting for the bolt of lightning to split the house open. Some God to appear in front of me or something. Nothing happened, but I just, I don't know, I felt okay. Then I said to her, take me, I want to, I rang her up that day and I said, can you take me to church? She just like, just about fell over. (laughs) For one year I'd been arguing with her about how God wasn't real. So I said, can you take me to church? So she took took me down to church and I walked in there, waiting for, all I could wait for was the altar call. And I didn't listen to anything that was said, really. I just was waiting for someone to say, come down. So I went down, ran down the front. I didn't even know what I was doing, really. Um, All I knew was that I wanted to know Jesus Christ. That day, I I read the Bible from front to back. I I started really early in the morning, about like five o'clock in the morning, and read all the way through the Bible till like really late at night. And I thought, yeah, this is actually true. (laughs) This is... (laughs) This is actually true. 
God made man, man stuffed it up, God sent Jesus to fix it up, and now we're okay. <laughs> so, you know, it's as simple as that, really. I thought, if that, if that, is, if that is the gospel, I can believe that. that is the, that's actually believable. Um, so, anyway, I've been... So, I would say that everything good in my life has come out of, out of God and His Word and the church. Everything. I had low expectations. I didn't think anything was really going to happen in my life. So I ended up, ask God, can you give me a wife? And so like a few months later, I met Jane and we got, we got married. Actually, but actually I even, I hate cooking. Well, I don't hate cooking, but I love food. So I, thought, I actually asked God for a wife who could cook. Yeah, so anyway, that, that's, Jane can, talk, Jane can talk about the kids. How is C3 and blessed your family? Uh, so he met me and he goes, you're a chef, do you want to marry me? Um, C3 has blessed our family because uh, it's been a consistent form of hope, um, a consistent community, and I think that we have actually partnered with C3 to raise our three now young adult children who are all following Jesus Christ. Um, because, you know, what better example than to have like a young youth leader who is passionate about Christ to be a mentor to your 15 year old son you know um, and I, I would just say that we have we have lived bigger lives and and more probably we've probably been a lot more stretched than what we would have been because I mean we've just been always uh, offered the choice to believe and to have faith and to have hope and there's been peace and joy in our home and that's come from that influence uh, in our lives. For me, my father actually died when I was 21 and um, between my husband and Pastor Phil, I feel like they filled that void for me as a father, like pushing me on and believing in me and encouraging me. So definitely a, that and, um, and if I could just say one thing about the greatest example for any family can be dad bringing his family to church. And, and I really believe for our three children um, that they have seen Paul go to, go to church every week for 30 years. And um, it was remarkable because none of them are actually 30 yet. But, um, and, and, you know, and they see that and particularly, you know, for our sons. And, and now, like, for them, they are wanting what we have. They're they wanting a, a strong marriage. They're wanting a husband who will lead or a, a wife who will support, cook. <laughs> so we would just encourage you, you know, and, and also just to honour Melissa and Christian because, I mean, it's remarkable what they've done. We live where they came from. This is pretty beautiful up here, but they've left so many things to come up here and actually put a stake in the ground for Jesus Christ. And, and I would just say, like, appreciate them encourage them and the best thing you can actually do for them is turn up to church <laughs> come on let's thank these guys this morning absolutely brilliant and you know the amazing thing just because uh, this is cultural within within the life of c3 is is friendship uh and connection and genuine living and i can't when was the last time we saw it? we've known each other for 24 years but maybe not for 10 years 
But they've come and they, they arrive, they come into our house and it's like a day hasn't passed. And we talk and we laugh and we do. That's life in the kingdom. That's true living. Where, you know, where it says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Where it's not in what I have or what I can, but it's in relationships and it's in connection. And the thing that blesses me is seeing, you know, somebody say, oh, I went to Grant Sally's for dinner the other night. Oh, I went to the dance ones for afternoon tea. And, you know, that bless that, that community is formed, relationships are formed, and strength of, of life is gained through. You know, it says one man gives freely, it gains even more. And we mostly think that's money or finances. I think when you give of yourself, you gain life, you gain friendships, you gain, you know, fulfillment. So I want to encourage you. Bless you guys. We love you. Thank you for last night. And don't forget, you can get Jane's books up the back or online. <clears throat> You guys are brilliant. All right, I got 26 minutes apparently. Shivers. 26 and 16, 15. We are men and women of faith. I want you to see yourself as a man or a woman of faith. Someone that's had the seeds of faith planted on the inside of them. Before you were conceived, you were a thought in the mind of God. God wanted you and he designed you and he created you. You're purposed and you're powerful and you're in this place at this time in history to make difference. And if you will engage the faith that is on the inside with the purpose that's been given to you, you will change the world. You can truly, cha- we can change Noosa. You can change, you, you know, your surrounding. You aren't subject to circumstance or geographics or, or upbringing and socioeconomics. You, you, are, you are limited, unlimited. You, you are unlimited in everything that you step out to do. And uh, I want to talk about faith because faith's active, it's not static. And I can think, yeah, I've got faith. I've got the seeds of faith on the inside of me, fantastic. But you have to do something with what's been placed on the inside of you to to see it come to fulfillment or to have effect in your life. And and like I said, faith speaks, it's a language. It's a a language. It's my language. It's it's what comes out of my mouth, you know, and, and it's optimistic and it's positive. And it's hopeful, and, it, and it's encouraging, and it's enlarging, and faith is future-focused. It, it accepts the past, but it moves forward anyway. That, that's, that's what faith is, and it, it's, it's a language, it's something I can take a hold of. And in Mark eleven twenty two, and if you're taking notes today, I want to I encourage you, take these scriptures down, take these thoughts down, listen to the podcast, because I only retain so much when I listen. If I retain 10%, it's probably a good day. Uh, but if I write it down, you know, if I re-speak it again, but I want to encourage you, consume the Word. Consume the Word. Go, go to that place of getting desperate enough to read the Bible. And if you're not, you don't like reading, listen to the Bible. Get, get one of the Bible reading programs and let somebody else read it to you. You know, whatever you like to do. But Mark eleven twenty two says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, does not doubt in their heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. He will, if you believe what you say, what you say will happen. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and then you will have them. So it's not whoever thinks will have it. It's not whoever desires will have it. It's not whoever wants will have it, it's whoever says. Your your mouth, you can declare, it is a creative force in your world. When you speak, something happens, positive or negative. 
So I need to get myself to a place where I am speaking faith over my life, speaking faith over my circumstances, speaking the truth of the Word of God into my future so that what I say today, if you, what you say today is vitally important for your tomorrow. You will live tomorrow in what you say today. I'm useless. I'm hopeless. My marriage is doomed. I'll always be broke. I'll always be sick. You will live in that place. What comes out of your mouth creates almost like this force field around your world, right? And that is where you will live. Because when I think depressed, when I think broken, when I think hurt, I, I, I live there. That's the place that I abide. But when I go, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, I shift the gear and I shift mindsets and I start looking. I've said it before, the Bible says, lift your eyes to the hills to where your help comes from. Don't look down at life. Don't look down at circumstance. Look up because your answer is with Jesus. Your answer is from above. It will come to you. We need to shift where we look. We need to shift what we say. It says, Proverbs 18, 21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. You have power over your circumstance. Speak life. And I want to encourage you, are you speaking life or are you speaking death? Are, are you acknowledging what's been or are you declaring what will be? See, because I can tell you about what's happened to me. I can tell you about why I'm here. Or I can start to declare by faith, this is where I'm going. This is what's been promised to me. This is what I'm taking hold of. This is who I'm going to become. I may not be where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I was. In my brokenness, in my, in my lost state. I'm not there anymore. I've moved on from there. But I don't have to let where I was dictate how I live today. Come on, Isaiah 55 says, uh, this is verse 11. So, this is Jesus speaking, declaring so it's through the prophets. So, my, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. This is Jesus saying, I speak, I declare, and what I say happens. Ask whatever you will and it will be done. I want to encourage you to speak towards what you want to see happen in your life. You may have lost a business, you may have lost a marriage, you may have walked through challenge and strife and struggle, but why don't you speak towards the day of victory? Why don't you speak towards the overcoming? Because that's what the Word says, we're more than overcomers. If I'm more than an overcomer, I've overcome something. I've gone through something, I've been challenged or stretched by something, but it didn't stop me and it didn't break me and it didn't take me out, I overcame it. So now I'm an overcomer. Why don't you declare that in your life? I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. I live in victory. I live in breakthrough. Not because of me, but because greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Because I was put on this planet with purpose. And, and I have the spirit of God residing on the inside of me. And it's going to be his strength, not mine. But it says that his strength is made perfect in my weakness. So that when I'm weak and I am broken, hello that he is going to be strong on my behalf because I can rely on him. Like Justin said, I can trust in the Lord with all my heart. Lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways, I can acknowledge him and he will direct my path. Come on, let's give God a hand this morning. You know, 2 Corinthians 4.13, it says, Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to that which is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. Faith and speaking are partners. They go together hand in hand. 
When I believe something, it's not good enough just to believe it on the inside. I got to bring that thing out. We bring so much other stuff out. My boss, traffic, the weather. Start bringing out faith. Start bringing that thing up. Let that thing bubble up on the inside of you and just, just you know, reprogram your mind. Pastor Phil talks about the fact that, that uh, our brain is the computer and our mouth is the keyboard. No, or is it the other way around? I'm, I'm confusing myself now. Our mouth is the keyboard. Whatever I say will reprogram my mind. Whatever I start declaring, whatever I say will, will eventually become the thoughts that I believe. Have you ever heard of, you know, a lie told enough? You start to believe the lie? Start speaking truth. Start speaking life. Start speaking faith. Start speaking, and, and start to program your minds, and you will see it in your future. You know, Genesis 1-5 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form, void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Then God said, and there was. What are you hovering over at the moment? What, what void is there in your world? What darkness is there in your life? What, what are you hovering over right now that you don't think you have any power over? Don't just think about it. Don't just hover over it. Immovable, immobile. Start speaking to that thing. He said, and it changed. And then you go through all through Genesis 1 for 31 verses. And have a look, and then he declared this, and it was. And then he declared that, and it was. You have the same creative power residing on the inside of you to speak to your void and to speak to your darkness and to see it shift in Jesus' name. So here, i got a question. For, actually, i got three questions for you. I've got 17 minutes, 21, 20. Does anyone know someone that talks a lot? No looking around, no elbowing, no. And don't you say anything either. Someone that's got an opinion about everything. Straight ahead. You start talking about your kid's soccer game. It's just under seven soccer. They start telling you about 1967 where they met Maradona at the World Cup. You know. Have you ever been called something or heard that people were talking about you and it just wasn't true? People are saying things, that person is like this. This person's like that. Have you met them? They're this. Not really nice. And the funny thing is, these are well-meaning people, they're sincere, they want to just tell you about someone. Oh, Amanda, did, 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 and you formed a view about Amanda. So as a result, you've treated Amanda according to the view that you formed, because somebody else told you about Amanda. So you kind of backed away and haven't really engaged and haven't really met Amanda, you just feel that you know Amanda, because somebody said something about Amanda. You know, one of the biggest disappointments in my life is that that's been me at times where I've pulled back from a person thinking they'll respond to me the way they've been described. And then I've met Amanda and gone, hang on, Amanda's nothing like they said. They had a perception of Amanda, so I treated Amanda according to that perception. But when I met Amanda, I thought, Amanda's awesome. I've just missed six months of having great relationship with Amanda because somebody said something about her. The main scripture for today is Matthew 16. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, 
who do you say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. It was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I'll build my church. The gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. That he was the Messiah. He told the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Do you know Jesus, just like us, has been called everything? He was called a madman. He was called a fraud called a prophet you know i think he's elijah he might be jonah he might be you know one of the prophets he's an apostate. he's a prophet they even said that he was possessed this is jesus god incarnate come to the earth being described as possessed it says in mark 3 22 and the teachers of the law who came down from jerusalem said he is possessed by beelzebub by the prince of demons he is driving out demons that is unbelievable Somebody had a perception of Jesus and was making an observation about him. Somebody was saying, he is possessed. He is a fraud. He is the carpenter's son. He, he's got no power. He's got no authority. Who does he think he is? And this is crazy, but I want to say this. If you've been labeled in life, you're in good company. If you've been spoken about, you're in good company. And, I, and you know, I thought, what I find fascinating about this passage is Jesus knew people were talking about him who do people say I am now if I don't think somebody's talking about me I'm not going to ask the question who do, who do people say I am what's popular opinion what, what's being said around town about me they don't know me I haven't met them but what are people saying about me and the funny thing is though he's talking to his disciples he asked the question but the question wasn't really the question the question was a lead-in question to the real question. So the question, the first question was, who do people say I am? What's popular opinion about me? I know who I am. I know where I've come from. I know what I'm here to do. But what do people say about me? And the funny thing is the disciples respond, but Jesus doesn't. Some say you're this, some say you're that. And he didn't say anything. He simply asked another question. So popular opinion is this, but who do you say I am? What's your view? What, what do you say about me? We've done some life together. Who do you say I am? See, because one of the cultural distinctives is that we're men and women of faith. And faith engages. Faith is relational. Faith takes hold of truth. It's not just peripheral. It doesn't just observe. It doesn't just hold opinions. It gets to know who God is. Let me break this down. Who you say God is is more important than who others say God is. And we've all done life. We've all come from different backgrounds. We've all come from different upbringings. We've all had different experiences. But who you say God is is more important to your life and your future than who others say he is. And what you say will come from a revelation of experience, but what others say often stems from observation. They say, George is like this, but I've only seen him from a distance because I haven't engaged and I haven't encountered and I haven't known who he is. Um, 
what you say is more powerful than what you faced. Because he said, Peter, on this declaration, on this revelation, I'm going to build my church. What you just said is a rock in your life, which is going to cause you not to be shifted or shaken or blown over. You've got, a, you've got a, a strength, there's some ballast in your soul, some ballast in your life because you just made a faith-filled declaration, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. What you say about God will hold you in life. I love what Jane said, she said, we've lived bigger lives, we've lived stretched lives, but we've also lived sustained lives. We haven't been sifted and shifted and blown off course. 31 years later, we are still in the house of God. 31 years later, we are still doing relationship. We are still growing. Our kids are blessed. Our life is blessed because we declared, God, we believe. Come on, let's give God a hand this morning. Who you say God is disempowers your past and breathes life into your future. You can't change your past. You can't change what you've walked through, what you've experienced, what you've been subject to, but it can, faith can disempower that, the negative in our world, and it can speak life into our future. You're never done. You're never too old. You're never too broken. You're never too... God can use you where you're at right now. And if He spoke a promise into your life, if there's been dreams placed upon your heart, they can still come to pass. You know, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there's, there's a time and season for everything under heaven. Isaiah 55 says, we don't know his ways nor understand his thoughts because they're above our ways and above our thoughts. But when I take a hold of faith, it tells me everything's going to be all right. It tells me everything's going to work out. If there's a breath in my lungs, I can, I can keep going towards the dreams that are being given to me because God is faithful under his word. He's faithful to perform and that which he began, he will bring to completion in my life because that's God and that's his nature. Amen. Who you say he is determines what authority you'll live subject to. You're either going to live subject to the lies of the enemy, or you're going to live subject to the truth of the word of God, which will liberate you in life. And John 10.10 says, the devil comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. What I say about God determines which power I live under, what authority will come against me in life. And I want to tell you, I want you free today. I don't want you to live subject to the enemy. I don't want you to live subject to his lies. And the problem is his lies sound plausible. God mustn't love you because you've gone through this. God mustn't be real because you've experienced that. No, sometimes we just walk through hard times. We walk through challenges, A, because it's life, B, because we've done certain things, and, and, and C, because it was going to happen anyway doesn't mean that God's not real, it doesn't mean that God's not loving, and it doesn't mean that God's not present. He is ever-present. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you, but don't let yourself live subject to the lies of the enemy. Live according to the truth of the Word of God. And, and I love Justin. Justin gets up here and he starts to speak, and it just flows from him. It can only flow from you if it's been put into you. And, and he consumes the Word, and he's a worshiper, and he spends time with God, and he's, he's a God-seeker. The Bible says, if you seek me, you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. When we abandon the, and I, and I love what Paul said, he said, and I love what Jane said, she said, I, I found Jesus, and it just fast-tracked the process. I was looking for anything, I was looking for everything, but when I found Jesus, I realized I had everything I needed, and I didn't have to go looking for the next 25, 30 years of my life to say, is this true? When you find God, you found truth, and you can build your life upon that truth by faith. Amen? Come on.
Jesus said, thank you, thank you very much. You see, Jesus said, who do they say I am? Then he said, but who do you say I am? And the funny thing is, who others said Jesus was didn't affect them. Who they said he was did directly. Who you say. Can I, can I encourage you, open your mouth and start to speak in your private time, in your quiet time, in your, your you know, as, as you give your testimony to other people. Open your mouth. So many people can't even pray in public because they're so afraid. Of, you were given a voice for a reason. You were given, and you know what? I just, I just get, I just get ticked. I just get ticked at the devil. I just get ticked at the enemy that it, that tries to steal, kill, and destroy from my life. And my language could probably be more sanctified at times, but I just get ticked, and I go, you know, what? I'm going to start speaking to the devil. I'm going to start speaking to the lies, and I'm going to start speaking to what I'm facing. Going, you know what? Back off. You're done. Your time is done. Because the Bible says that Jesus Christ descended to the depths of hell. He took captivity captive. He crushed the, the, the skull of Satan, took back the keys of sin and death, and rose victorious. Why am I walking around in life meek and mild and submissive and just accepting? No, you, are, you have an authority in your life, and it's faith in Jesus Christ. You have an ability to speak towards your circumstances, to speak to your storm. And there's a saying, have you, have you prayed about it as much as you've spoken about it? So, so often we speak about everything that's going on. We speak about every challenge. I've realized that speaking about my challenges don't change my challenges. But when I start speaking to them, and I start saying, quiet, be still, I find that the wind and the waves subside. I find that a peace comes upon my heart. I find that things start to shift and change for the better. I've never sought God, never prayed to God, never declared the promises of God and seen that things have turned out worse. I've seen that I've gone to a place of peace and God has gone to a place of power. You know, Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able, I use this scripture all the time, God is able, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine, that we could speak and dream. To, to, to him who is able to do more than we speak about, that more than we declare, more than we talk about, more than we give to him in faith. To him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, that's a lot more. That's not just, well, maybe. I know you've got this much debt and I know you've got this much challenge. I'm going to get you about 75% of the way. The rest is up to you. A little bit of effort. Come on, dig in deep, roll your sleeves up. Let's just go to work here. Come on, team, let's go. No, it's not like, God, I want to do exceedingly abundantly. I want you in breakthrough. I want you in peace. I want you in victory so that you can take others to that place. I want you to, to understand. See, it's what I understand on this, what I think about myself on the inside, what I think about God and who He is becomes who I am. Okay, most people are so broken and insecure and fearful on the inside that they live out of that and live a certain way. But I can live standing on that rock of revelation. You are the Messiah. He said, Peter, I'm, because you made that one statement, which was, hasn't been revealed to you by men, that was revealed to you by God. What that tells me is he must have sought God. He must have got to that place. Where God, show me who you are. Reveal to me who you are. He must have spent time in the presence of, with Jesus, and he just absorbed, and he just, just consumed everything that he, he saw, the, the miracles that he witnessed. He said, because of that one revelation, you're going to stand upon a rock, and I'm going to build my church. You see, it's not about who you are or what you do. It's about what you believe and who you believe God is. And in that place, all my insecurities, all my fears fade away. 
because it's not about me. It's not about my upbringing. It's not about my experience. It's not about my intellect. It's about Him, the infinite, ever-loving God, the King of kings, and and He can take me and make me to be all that He designed and purposed me to be. Amen? Come on, let's give Him a hand this morning. Jesus is more interested in personal relationship than popular opinion. He doesn't care what anybody else says about him. What do you say about him? He's interested in intimacy with you. So Melissa says, I'm, I'm worshipping and I start to cry. Why? God came in. Paul starts recalling his testimony and he starts to cry. Why? Because it's a God moment. What God can do supernaturally in our, our lives just exceeds and excels anything that can ever happen in life. No personal interaction, no success in business, no amount of money in a bank, no fulfillment can ever fill that hole that Melissa's talking about than a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you know what? We all wonder. Life is a funny thing. There's twists, there's turns, there's challenges. There's how did I find myself here? I didn't think I'd be here. I rang someone the other day and they said, man, I'm pregnant with our fifth kid. I'm like, dude, you can fix that. But anyway, <laughs> how, did, how did I end up here? My business just went down. How did I get here? Doesn't matter how you got to where you are. A relationship with Jesus can take you to where you've dreamt of being and where he wants you to be. You know, it says in Mark 6, 4, And it's really one of the saddest pieces of Scripture written. It says, But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. He could no longer do any mighty work there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. He marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. He goes, People are so familiar with me, we're not connecting. I can't do anything in their world because it's superficial. And there's no intimacy. There's no honor given to who I am. Therefore, I can't move in their world. If we want to see the power of God active in our lives, we've got to get real. We've got to get personal. We've we got we to declare that He is the Lord. Because Ephesians says, to Him be the glory. My life has to give Him glory for me to experience His touch in my life and His promise but then if you go back through to the scripture here, it says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This wasn't revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by Father in heaven. I tell you that you're a Peter. Because you've told me correctly who I am, now I'm going to tell you and I'm going to show you who you are. There's so many people that you will have heard them say, I'm, I'm searching, I'm trying to find myself. I'm trying to find the meaning of life. You don't have to search for the meaning of life. You don't have to try and find who you are. Find him. And when you see him, you'll see who you are because you're a reflection of him in the earth and that's hard to take i reflect jesus yes you do bible says we're made righteous by faith in christ in romans that we're not perfect we're we're moving towards perfection We're, we're we're having we're having our minds transformed we're we're changing our actions and our attitudes but when i look to him i can be made perfect in the reflection of who he is i just really want to I'm over time by 15 seconds. I, I, this week I was looking at some of the names of God. Just, this is just some of them. There's a whole lot more. But I want to encourage you, do a research. Go to and study the names of God. Who the Scriptures, who Old Testament describe God as. 
because I'm Christian, you know me as Christian McCutton. Some people know me as Chichi, some people, you know, my family calls me Chris. It, it def, kind of defines me, but these are names of God, who He is, what His nature is. And when I get to understand and I get to believe and I get to hold on to, this, this is who my God is, that's how He can function in my life. One of the names is El Eloah, God mighty and strong, prominent. That's in Nehemiah 9, 17 and Psalm 139. Uh, Elohim, God, creator, mighty and strong. When you see him as the creator, the one that hovered over the deep, the depths, the, the darkness, and he spoke and create, when you see him as that, you realize he can create in your life. That he's not powerless, that he's not distant, that he's ever present, he's close, and he can create, create in and through my life. El Shaddai, God Almighty, the mighty one of Jacob. He's not a God. He's not one of many gods. He is El Shaddai. He is the one true living God. When I see him as that, it shifts me to another place. Adoni, Adonai, sorry. A personal God. One who deals with his people. God is Gregorius. He's personal. He's close. He wants to deal with. And it's like, oh, well, I can look over at Africa and there's starving kids and I can look over here and there's a tsunami. God wouldn't want to deal with me. And my little issue. No, no, God wants to get personal with you. He's interested in the smallest, most intricate details of your life. Whatever that looks like, go to Him. Find Him as Adonai, your personal God. David found is that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He, 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 review, he revives my soul. He knew him as his personal Lord and Savior. He found him as God. He knew him in many ways, but he knew him as Adonai. You know, Yahweh, Jehovah, Lord. You can have him as Lord in your life. The greatest life to ever live is a submitted life, a surrendered life. And the Bible actually tells us he who would try and find his life, he would try and find himself, must lose his life. And lay it down for the God purposes laid out before him. You know, uh, Yahweh, uh, Jireh, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh. He is a provider. He will make a way. He does own the cattle on a thousand hills. He is Jehovah Jireh, uh, Yahweh Rapha or Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. When I realize that that's his nature, that's who he is. He is not just God eternal. God distant, God far off. He's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He's Jehovah Rapha, my healer. He's, he's Jehovah or Yahweh Shalom, the Lord our peace. We need this God in our lives. We need this, this presence in our world daily to get through everything we face. I've got a whole lot more here. I'm not even going to go into it, but I want to encourage you. You may have been told the name of God is God irrelevant. Somebody's got an opinion, somebody's got a view, or God one of many. And so I live according to the fact that, well, there's many gods, there's many paths, there's many ways to truth, so I'll just search out whichever feels right, whichever fits my lifestyle. You may have been told that it's, his name is God not interested. Not really interested. Just one of those little ants, seven billion ants on the thing, I'll, I'll squash you at some point and... He's not really interested. 
and you've done life according to the fact that somebody else told you about a God that you haven't necessarily experienced intimate relationship with, I want to encourage you today. Seek God for God. I love that question. I've got no expectation, that, that statement. I've got no expectation about life. I've, I've suffered loss. I've been hurt. I've got very low expectations, so don't really care. And somebody said, go home and say, my life's crap. God, if you're real, show me. And God showed him. And 31 years later, God's still showing him that he's real and he's present and he's interested and he's relational and he's providing and he's a healer. Can I encourage you? Go from this place today and seek God. Say, God, I need a fresh touch upon my life. I want to ask you to do this in faith because that's who we are. We're men and women of faith. Go, opinions aside, fears aside, circumstance aside, and say, God, whoever you are, show me today how real you want to be in my life. And he will do it. I'm telling you, God is so phenomenal. Why don't we pray? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that by faith we can encounter you as you truly are. We can take a hold of the promises that are written in your world and we can see life and we can see peace and we can see future unfold before us. Lord, I thank you for every person that sits before me today. I pray the blessing of heaven over their world. I declare, Lord God, that they would be blessed of heaven. They would be favored, Lord, as your hand comes upon their life. And Lord, that every single person, all of our kids in kids' ministry, our kids' workers, those that aren't here today, that Lord, they would, they would have an encounter with you where you reveal yourself afresh and anew in their lives. God, we love you. This is your house. We lift up the name of Jesus here today and we say we love you, Lord God. Come on, can we just put our hands together? Let's just thank God. Got a big Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.